Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Spiritist Conversations. You know the drill. This is a show where we sit down with friends to talk about the world through a spiritist lens in an informal and unscripted way. Today, I'm really excited because we have a chance to meet with somebody who is just a great guy and who's done tremendous work. And I'm really thrilled about the opportunity of talking about spiritism and spiritualism. But before I bring Larry here to the camera, I want to say hello as well to our friends Susanna and Flavio, who are always here making this possible. How are you guys doing? We're doing, doing fantastic. Yeah, doing fantastic. You know, glad to be here again. Hello, everybody. Always a pleasure to hang out with some esteemed friends to talk about, you know, all things right, that matter in our lives. It's been a month One. already. It's been a month. Can you believe it? Wow. It goes fast. It, it does go fast. So let's add to this. We have somebody who is a great friend from the other side of the pond. Larry, how are you doing? Hi. Good evening. Uh, I am absolutely wonderful. Thank you. And thank you so much for inviting me on uh, this evening. Susanna and Flavio, I think you might have had a chance to interact with Larry before, but What's really great about Larry is that he runs the Pool Christian Spiritualist Church. Is that right, Larry? That is correct. Yep, down on the south coast of England. Um, lovely little church. And since the era of uh, COVID, where we started to tentatively um, experiment with going online, it's really evolved. It's really let forward many events including every fortnight we team up with a lovely fabricio from the bournemouth spiritist society and we have a whole range of guests <clears throat> giving a talk and this broadcast is shared between the spiritualists and spiritists so it's a really great great you know union of uh, these two wonderful ways of life and a chance to share opinions points of views and to learn about each other because that is the path forward. The more we know about each other, the less we fear each other. So absolutely brilliant. That's wonderful. And thanks for bringing that up, because one person that's not here today to be part of this episode, we, which we um, named Spiritism and Spiritualism, Brothers from Different Mothers, just because I wanted to do something catchy. And that's what happens sometimes in the show. Sometimes it does not work. But anyway, Spiritism and Spiritualism... <laughs> What we don't have, who we don't have here today is our friend Fabricio, and we want to send a big hello and a hug to Fabricio. He couldn't make it, but he's just an outstanding guy, and um, he will make his way eventually to, to the show at some point in time. But Fabricio, we love you anyway. Absolutely. But, yep. Uh, but Absolutely. What's so wonderful, but what's so wonderful about all of this is what Larry was just saying. That's something really special that has happened and I think you guys have done a tremendous job of working together there, Larry. Fabricio uh, and you collaborating to make these joint meetings together. Can you tell us a little bit about how that started? Um, originally, pre the COVID era, uh, we had already collaborated on having physical meetings here within the Paul Church. And they worked, they brought in a very new energy into the way that we regard our work with spirit and we met some absolutely beautiful people um 
Florencio Ant. Oh, oh my word. What a mm -hmm. gent. Absolute gent. Elsa Rossi uh, came down as well. And many more as well. And it was a really wonderful time because we were very much forerunners within the spiritualist movement in the UK to start involving these other religions and working these events hand in hand. And the reception was brilliant. The way that uh, Fabricio had worked out the entry fee, it was like two kilograms of food for a food bank. And that was so refreshing because, you know, everything gets dominated by the uh, big pound sign or the big dollar sign. So what a refreshing thing that not only have we got a new environment and new people to meet and new ways of looking at the way we work with spirit, it was also done in that energy of assistance and brotherhood. So it was just brilliant and so pleased to have met these wonderful, wonderful people and hopefully welcome them back here again one day. That's wonderful. I mean, you know, it's uh, you're making Fabrizio look really good right now. So no, I'll, get sure down that... to, I'll get down to the dirt in a minute. I'll wait. Yeah, I was going to say, like, let's make sure we get some real comments here, Larry, please. Don't well, hold back well, now. Once we part midnight, out will come all the dirt, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. I love that, um, that, that you were very open to that collaboration too, right, Larry? Because one of the challenges that sometimes we see in the world is that people hang on to their corner of the universe and they are not necessarily very much willing to have conversations with other folks, especially in areas when we're talking about spirituality, right? It's almost like a little bit of a black box where people think that I know I've got my thing and I don't want anybody else to tell me about theirs. So that's really cool that you guys did that. And it's been a year, right? More than a year now. Yeah, it was uh, getting on for... 14 months with the collaboration. We've been online for nearly 18 months now. Uh, but for, uh, after a few months, Fabricio said, well, you know, how about we do this? Because we use this platform as well, StreamYard, which is, is, is my little favorite. <laughs> we use Zoom. I do like Zoom, but I do love StreamYard because you can do these presentations. And I believe with all religions, understandings, philosophies, it should be about education, education, education. And this platform provides that perfect atmosphere that people like us tonight, thousands of miles apart, all under the same sky, but we can share this screen, talk to each other. People can comment on the sides, you know, it's just a magical, magical place. But yeah, it's really important that uh, we work to uh, we've got to be very, very careful with people on their beliefs and their understandings. And certainly pre-COVID, um, there was still quite a lot of resistance. Of When I say people stuck in their orthodoxies, I'm not being detrimental whatsoever, but they've, they've got their religion, their faith or whatever is pretty panned out. That's the route I follow. And I don't deviate from that because I'm comfortable there. So anything new coming in did take also a special breed of um, attendee. The time was right pre-COVID to start expanding. And in spiritualism in the UK, we are quite an expansive understanding of different aspects of spirit and spirituality. 
So we were, you know, probably a few steps ahead. And then, of course, with the COVID era, and especially during the times in the UK where we were enduring the lockdowns, people were crying out for something. You know, we had our mortality cha uh, challenge. Um, mm -hmm. We wanted to understand, you know, the, the age-old question suddenly resurfaced of why are we here? What's this about, you know? So people were really looking, and we were so fortunate that uh, in tandem with our own programming from the church, that this we were introducing spiritism to a lot of our congregation. And they were loving it, absolutely loving it, you know, because they were surprised at the similarities between the two. We have these uh, slightly different approaches in uh, the UK and with spiritualism. We tend to be a little bit more, in my opinion, a little bit more heart focused, as in we react to things quite emotionally, which is wonderful on one side for the energy, but can also be a bit detrimental um, because it engages our emotions. What I've loved and really taken to working on the uh, with the spiritists, it's a very much more analytical way of looking at things. Um, it's very much more mind-led. It's very thoughtful uh, understanding of spirit and the, the spirit world. And I really like that because, you know, spirit is intelligence. And... There is a propensity in spiritualism with some people of, oh, I'll go along and be amazed today, and then I might pop back in a couple of weeks and see if I can be amazed a bit more. And it's sort of like, it's not like that. You know, we're not spirits puppets, and neither are they ours. But mm -hmm. when we engage on an intellectual level, and apologies here when I talk about intellectual, because I can see bookcase, 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 and DVD rack. So, you know, you just... Laurie, <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you had said, if you didn't say there was a DVD rack, we would not have Nobody known. would have known. You, you should just, have, yeah, no. just said bookcase. You should just have said just bookcase. Go, just go with it. Edit that <laughs> out then. So... <laughs> but, but Laurie, I, I have... Yeah, I have a question for you, mate. Because uh, I'm on the other side of the pond... It's in a Did place. you just call him mate now because you want to celebrate right, it? Right, yeah, right. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. Because <laughs> I'm on the other side of the pond in a place called New England. I'm sure you know where I am. I'm from Boston, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we do have a lot of spiritualist churches here. Quite quite many, to be frank. And uh, one thing that I I, I think you 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 uh, start to touch upon that the spiritualist movement in the UK is slightly different than it is in the uh, in the US. Maybe you could spend a, a few moments and, and talk to us, whatever you know, right, about the, uh, the movement, because I quite see a lot of, you know, churches, spiritualist churches here. I've had the pleasure and the honor to visit, you know, a few of them myself, participate in some events. But as you mentioned, there's some differences. I don't know. Maybe, I've never, never heard about this. But if you have a, a, maybe a couple of examples to share, I'd love to understand a little more, right? Yeah, certainly. And again, you know, in this era that we're in now of going online, it's a bit of a Pandora's box. Now it's open. It's never going to be shut. So everybody has got actually, you know, when we're coming from this heart-centered and faith-based uh, energy, we should really be looking at work, making it work sensibly, you know, not treating it a bit like a toy, which you are seeing in some aspects within the UK. But... Going online has really opened quite a lot of people in the UK 
uh, eyes to spiritualism in other countries. For some reason, Paul Church has got quite an appeal up in the Baltic side. In Denmark, we've got some fabulous friends from Denmark now, and Norway and Sweden, absolutely beautiful people. And we've learned from them that they, because spiritualism isn't a recognized religion, uh, in most of those countries, they can't have a spiritualist church because not being a recognized religion, therefore you can't be a church. And so their centers are few and far between. So, you know, it's installing in the UK population that actually, do you know what? You're really fortunate over here with the number of churches in a 10 mile radius from where I'm sat at the moment, there are five churches and that's not uncommon. Oh. But then going over to uh, your side of the Atlantic, there's quite a different energy that I've seen in the approach to running churches. Whereas over here in the UK, the majority are manned, run by volunteers. So it'll be committees heading volunteers. Okay. All, all done voluntary, no wages incurred. <clears throat> there are a few. No profession. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's done from the giving side of things, which is beautiful, but also has its fallibilities. Mm -hmm. and Correct. It has really highlighted that um, because where people's lives are getting busier and time is getting shorter, we've seen committees <clears throat> progressively be more and more mature people. And I'm not knocking that whatsoever, but it's too, like slowed down the progressive side of spiritualism. With the US side, I found it's much more of a business-orientated side. And that is very good. That is a good thing to me because, you know, you're running it as a business. We have to run our churches with a business mind. You know, we, we've got to make our overheads we've got to cover our bills yeah utilities and, and everything else right exactly, yeah exactly exactly yeah. i was working out the other day and the first four pound 50 uk that goes in the plate every time is to cover the light and the heating as a yearly average so you know you can just start working out what the money is are coming in re your outgoings but i have gotcha. found with the uh, us that this business acumen is is quite a lot more prevalent but i find that a really good thing uh, you know because we we do need to act and work intelligently because that is a very key word with all our dealings with spirit is this intelligence mm -hmm. um we've had some wonderful guests from the us we had a gentleman from lilydale which is the big spiritualist town yep we've been been there yep brilliant um, yeah. Tom Craxley, who's a well-known oh, healer. He, yes. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, a, he's an on-healer. Yeah. He gave an awesome evening for us. So mm -hmm. alongside this, as I say, the business acumen, you do find quite a high level of professionalism, which is quite refreshing, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got another gentleman who uh, will be working with us again, Ron Cox from down in Florida who runs his own center. So you do tend to find that a lot of the mediums out there will actually be running their own churches. So they'll either be med mediums 
a lot more are ordained ministers than over here in the UK. Um, but they're, they're setting up a business, but it's not a bad thing because it does bring in that professional side. You know, the clients coming in are met in a way that they would expect. Um, and they're doing their best because they're charging the dollar for it. And that yeah. is got to be understood within our movements that um, I, I'd say over here in the UK in 1976, the average person would come into the church and put a pound in the plate, which is about, what, 80 cents or something. In 2021, those same people are still coming in, still putting a pound in the plate. And I'm not knocking or decrying that because in a lot of cases where it is all they can afford, absolutely fine, yeah. absolutely fine. But from the business side of things, we're saying, well, actually, we can't afford to run like this. So we've got to up our game over here and probably go along a little bit more like the American line of our approach to our churches and centres um, and to introduce that professionalism, which may incur uh, people actually getting paid a wage. Uh, but we've, we've got to progress. Oh, hello. Who's got the crow? That's not a sign, is it, for me? No, no. <laughs> no, sorry. I think, I, think, I think it was over here. I think it was over here on my end. I think it was a dog or, or some screaming, uh, some kiddo screaming. Not, <laughs> not, not, not at my place this time. <laughs> yeah, what's your dog, Sue? Don't ask. Don't ask. Okay. So, yeah, Flavio, to answer your question, there, there are differences. But with all these differences, there's all these chances for us to learn from each other. A hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, and to grow, to grow and stabilize what we do. Um, I've got two wonderful friends in Canada who run the Open Door Sanctuary, Simon James and Brian Robertson. And the work they do is absolutely groundbreaking, and they've been doing it for many years. Whereas in spiritualism in the UK, we were rather fixated on the message and little else. And I can see how this has come into being because mm -hmm. people have got overheads as time has gone on, especially people who don't have their own premises, of which is probably about 60% of the spiritualist churches in the UK are in hired premises. So their rents are going up, mediums fees are going up, so it's sort of like driven uh, the format and the presentation of spiritualism into what the public want all the time, and that is mediumship. And But the mm -hmm. trouble is a lot of people coming into the churches and centres have seen mediumship on the TV where you don't have things like the opening prayer, you don't have reading, you don't have philosophy, you don't have the messages where, you know, the sitter says no, no, no. So, you know, it's got this really wrong image into people's head of what to expect when they come into a church. And so the church has sort of like followed suit to cater because it's, oh, yeah, they've only come for the messages. You know, I'm frightened to not do the messages. Otherwise, they won't come in. Otherwise, we can't survive. Survive, yeah. Um, but what we've been doing here at Paul, and it's, it's happened spontaneously, but... I have discovered it's very much in line with the open door sanctuary. And we have four different types of services now, uh, two of them without the attendance of a evidential medium. 
And do you know what? They're really popular. People are loving it because, again, we are coming into these new energies of people. They, they want a little bit more for the soul, which mm -hmm. is absolutely beautiful, rather than endless messages. Um, I've, I've always said this in about 2018, early 2019, the way spiritualism was going in the UK, I was just thinking, do you know what? I don't fit in this anymore. I'm, you know, once you've had your evidence of the continuation of life, mm -hmm. why do you want to come back next week and have another message? Mm -hmm. You know, we, we lost the message. Mm -hmm. The message wasn't, I'm here, I'm alive. The message is, life goes on forever. Yeah, and you are here for this time to do your best. So how can we achieve doing our best? And that message got very lost. And I, I, I find it so interesting that you're saying that, Laurie, because I draw so many parallels of what you're saying with our spiritist reality, right? Um, I mean, we do come from a slightly different angle on the, on the running of the centers. All our people are always volunteer. Like they're, I, I venture a guess that there will never really be paid spiritists right i think you kind of it's our way of safeguarding ourselves from potentially being being uh tempted right into mm -hmm. forcing communications that kind of stuff but i think that we also struggle with that challenge of having folks see the value of maintaining a physical building right because yes we want to give for free but at the same time you know we if we want to come together in a place and we want it to be clean and nice we still have to pay for the lights we still have to right pay for taxes and whatever it is so it's interesting that we share that burden of we haven't done maybe we haven't done a great job yet of 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 getting people's attention to the fact that these these like earthly structures for lack of a better term also mm -hmm. need tending right um so i think that was really interesting but i really loved uh what you said too about and i thought it was really great for you um, and how you you share with us a little bit of the development of the spiritualist tendencies in the UK over time. And I thought it was really interesting in how you say like, Oh, you know, we, we went into these activities that are, don't have uh, mediumship as, as the featuring piece. Right. And, and it's lovely because I think in spiritism, sometimes we also went the other way, right. We've almost shut down mediumship in our public meetings out. Right. Because we said, Hey, um, we, we are satisfied with the evidence that life goes on. So what are the implications? So it's kind of like really nice to see like folks going towards the same direction and working in slightly different ways and coming together. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when we came up with the title for this, for this thing, and I, you know, and I alluded to it, like I was joking about brothers from different mothers, I, I really meant it in a way because, um, when you open the spirits book, which is like the foundational book of spiritism, right? The first organized things in the first edition, the first page Kardec, you're going to see like at the top, you're going to say spiritism, a spiritualist philosophy, right? Mm -hmm. So I almost felt like we're like cousins at the very least, right? Oh, because yeah. the, the, the spiritualist piece encompasses everything that we believe in. It just so happens that we as spiritists hold specific beliefs, right? Spirit communication, mediumship, yes, yes. Life after life, yes. The thing is, like, we embrace reincarnation that not, not always uh, spiritualists do, right? So there's little things that are slightly different, but by and large, I feel a great sense of kinship with our spiritualist brothers and sisters, because we're like, we're all working for the same boss, right? 
it's 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 the same thing at the end of the day. Need- and we're, we're, all, we're all going to the same destination, but, but through different you know pathways, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I I um, actually have um, a question. Um, listening to to Daniel uh, speaking, and my question is: first of all, I'm I'm I really admire the work uh, that you guys are doing over there and the ability to have these um, communication. When I spoke at um, your um, event, right, um, I was, I really have no, I, I had very little idea who I was talking to and how the things that I was going to say were going to be received. Because even within the spiritist movement, where we share the same um, specificities. So when we talk about spiritualism, we talk about a more general term. And when we are talking about spiritism, we are getting into some specifics that you may or may not see in spiritualism. And you mentioned that, like this spiritual world, a little bit more structured and uh, a little bit more specific. So sometimes, even within spiritism, we have a difficult time dialoguing. Sometimes even within no, spiritism. No, Susanna, that never yeah, well, well, That never happens. Never heard of it. Well, never maybe heard not of it. in California <laughs> and in Boston. Never heard of it today. In Miami, we have a difficult time understanding each other. So I wonder how, how the dialogue goes over there when someone who is a spiritist brings a concept that might be a little foreigner or or perhaps difficult to digest, difficult to understand. How do you guys go about it? How do you process that on your side? Well, if I can't delegate it to somebody else and run away. (laughs) um, (laughs) (laughs) Because I want to learn from you. Yeah, no, that's fine. That is a really, really lovely question. Thank you very much for that. This is what we're happening is is happening now in the UK, along with all forms of uh, life pre-COVID. We'd all got into a rut. It was work, work, you know, do this, do that. It was all very ordered, very structured. Uh, We were busy all the time. And I'm talking of all our works of life and all our faiths and all our followings. And everything just went into ruts in the end and it just followed the pathway and you didn't deviate or whatever we did see um within spiritualism because that's my field there were some people trying to bring in new ideas and very quickly got uh, decried by people because as with all religions there's an awful lot of spiritualists who are when I say this, it's not being detrimental. They are stuck in their orthodoxy, which is absolutely fine because if that is your path and you're really comfortable in there and you don't want to step out of your comfort zone, that's absolutely fine. But what I see... Yeah. What I see, on the spiritist side, demographically, uh, the people that I know from the Bournemouth Spiritist Society... You are dealing with people a couple of generations below what would be the average within the spiritualist churches. 
So that says to me, do you know what, you know, what you are saying appeals to that younger demographic. So you've got that more vitality of things. And this is what we need to learn and understand of how to appeal across the spectrum. But dealing with people in change is just gradually introducing it and being positive about things. It is a bit of salesmanship. Um, but, you know, if I were to approach you with a question and you are, or you ask me another question, I was like, uh, I'm not sure. You know, you're not going to be satisfied by that response. So we are bringing in these new ideas and these new formats here at Paul and just say, you know, and being positive about it. And there will be people who will disagree. And do you know what? That's absolutely fine. That's fine. Yeah. You know, we've got to learn to agree to disagree. And you will get a few people, again, stuck in their orthodox, well, that's not getting, oh, we never had that. How can you have a service without a medium? You know, and all these comments. And you, you've got to rise above it because we did focus, and I don't know if this is endemic for a lot of the faith and religions, but there was much more of a propendency to focus on the negative views of people mm -hmm. and not be aware of the positive side of things. You know, we had uh, one demonstration here quite a few years ago under the old committee. And we had 145 people attend. Three people voiced a complaint about the mediums and their standards. And instantly the energy was, all right, well, we can never have them back again. And I'm like, hang on a minute. <laughs> We had 142 people who actually enjoyed the evening. So you know, you've got to learn to grow a bit of a skin and just understand and accept that some people will not like it. Mm -hmm. And we try to make that journey as smooth as possible for them uh, and invite them to try the new ways. And if they still don't like it, what do you do? Do you go retrograde then with everything and change it back because a couple of people don't like it? That's not going to... That's not democracy, yeah. That's not yeah. democracy. Yeah. yeah. And we, I really like got... that... Yeah, and sorry. I really like that shift, Larry. Sorry to disrupt you because the way you were talking about it, I think, is really emblematic of really great mindset that our places of worship are not about spewing out truth to people and telling them what truth is but about opening a space for people to seek and find their truth. And normally, you know, naturally, we're all different. We come from different backgrounds. So it's only natural that we are going to see things differently. And if we can't be tolerant within our institutions that are talking about kindness and God and spirituality, then we're in trouble, right? Because if we can't be do that and accepting in that environment, it's going to be really hard for us to do that, especially for those of us who call ourselves Christians, right? So it's an interesting perspective. And I love the way that you are tackling that because I think that's a timely reminder and a very important one for all of us. Like we've got to be more open to each other. We have. Yeah. We have. Um, we've got to be accepting more of each other. You know, you, whatever you put, we're all Facebook experts. So whatever you've put out on your Facebook page, you know that somebody will come. I call them the R-Butts. I say the R-butts will end civilization, <laughs> you know? And I'm not using but as in the American colloquialism. I'm talking about R-butt. 
you know, I'm going to give somebody a million dollars because you know they've you know they're really hard at R, but if you give them that money, you know they're going to come yeah. down. And whatever you do, the R bucks will rise to the surface. And we've we've just got to learn to manage that. Uh, and sometimes, believe it or not, I can just be a little bit fiery. Now I know you're going to find that quite a shock. That's I, I shocking. That. I remember. I can never see that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's but been. Really, <laughs> it's been. A, I, I'll probably make a very good uh, Chicagoite. I think I, I, I sense. I sense that's my spiritual home in the states. I, I get that from people from that's Chicago. A, that's the artistic. That's the artistic lorry. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're, think, you're yeah I, I, I'd feel comfortable there. I can manage that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a big learning phase for me as well because also what people who are working as mediums, philosophers, writers, teachers, tutors, committee members, church presidents always always fail to take into account is this is our own personal spiritual journey as well mm -hmm. and that, that you know we are dealing with what we are taking back to the life between lives with our immortal soul and we tend to put ourselves to one side and always cater for other people but you, we must remember, and we're on this huge learning curve. I've learned so much about myself in the last 18 months. Uh, and there's mm -hmm. stuff that I realized, and I thought, oh, maybe I can tone that down a bit. Um, and I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. But we're learning. And, yeah, you're going to get adversity. And we do, don't we? We bring up adversity first, and we must get out of that habit. We had a healing hour yesterday instead of a communication service we had 32 people attend eight of them were brand new to our church everybody loved it you know and there's people saying well you, you know, if you don't have a medium nobody will turn up and i'm like well actually <laughs> i prove you wrong so getting right back to i'm sorry suzanne i do wander off down the path a bit no no it, no it's 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 about really listening to people this is another skill that a lot of us need to pick up on because when people are talking to us don't listen to the words listen to the energy behind it where it's coming from and then try to respond because it seems all... yeah, it Karen. seems it seems it seems um fairly simple but it actually very um it's not as simple as it sounds, uh, just to mm -hmm. listen. And, it, it, you know, I, I think we struggle here to understand how to attract and how to better disseminate the message. And I think this conversation is key to what I, I personally think it's missing or it's necessary. Because at the very end of the day, um, you know, this episode is spiritism and spirit and, and um, spirituality, um, spiritualism, spiritualism and spiritualism. I think at the, the bottom of it, uh, there is a spirituality, which is what every single person um, has that search, search for, search for something beyond matter, you know? And so I think that this is really what the, the, the key element that we need to foster 
it is okay. Um, you 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 have realized that you are more than matter. That there is a higher power. Whatever it is, how can I help to foster this sentiment and this search within you, so that you can find the 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 essence of your life. You can find the God, um, yes. whether you call it a God or not. That you don't realize is not outside, but it is within you. So every single human being, I believe, whether they are conscious or not, they're in search of spirituality. Spiritualism can be a path. Spiritism can be a path. But we're in front of a human being. And as Christians, how can we help these folks to connect to what is essential and to find meaning, purpose, and connection? in their lives. So if we aim in this direction, I think we can have any conversation with anyone and just help any person who walks into our church and our centers to get something out positive of that experience. Hugely. Yeah. And uh, any good teacher will open doors, not push a student through it. So when we're setting up these ideas, yeah, I, I get times and I look at attendances and I just think, oh, I would really love to see this church packed. All right. But that's me, human me thinking. Right. That. The thing is, we open the doors, those, and it's working with spirit. You know, it's not sort of like blindly going in, going, right, I've got a mission here and I'm going to do that. I actually sit down and put out to spirit, this is my intent. This is where, you know, I would like to go. And if it's wrong, please give me the signage to say it's wrong. Um, so you work with spirit okay. and you open the doors and then you just have to let your um, anticipations go to one side. Because, you know, if you if you laid on a service and for whatever reason, we've just had over here in the UK this thing with the petrol. Nobody could get petrol anywhere. So yep. that severely hit our congregations, you know, which is a bit demoralizing. But it's rising above that demoralizing thing, thinking, you know, you quote back to the Bible and say where Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, there mm. I shall be. And just trusting, you know, that saying, right, well, okay, we only had eight people in today because nobody's got any petrol. But you know what? We've got eight people in. And that's mm -hmm. great. You know, and it's just opening the doors to people and allowing them. We concentrate an awful lot on uh, the destination. And we've got to be very, very mindful that the destination's riches and fullness is made up because you've done the journey to get there. And we've got to allow and encourage those people who come into our churches and centres uh, that same privilege. People come in looking for answers, but, you know, sometimes just to give an answer denies the power of actually going through that journey. So if we can facilitate people onto that journey just with a few, you know, a few words and a bit of an encouragement, suggested reading, uh, listening to people, you know, we can get people onto those journeys because that is where the learning is made. You know, if, yeah. if yeah. I just gave you the letter four, you'd be thinking, what have I got the letter four? But if I gave you two and two, you go, oh, yeah, two and mm -hmm. two equals, oh, yeah, I get it now. I see what you mean. I've yeah. got the whole picture. Yeah. 
So, you know, and we should be all facilitators here to allow people to explore, to understand, to find their way. I think I think yeah. the word you use is key, Laurie, facilitators, right? Yes. Because yeah. nobody owns Facil the truth. We don't, nobody, not, none of us own the truth, right? Uh, but if we facilitate that discovery, that journey, being a journey of, you know, enlightenment, meaning, you know, the person is going to go and, and learn more and get more knowledge, more awareness, right, and so forth, that journey of consolation, if that person needs some help, that person is in dire straits and needs maybe a, a, a shoulder to cry or maybe uh, somebody to be to talk to, so us being there, right, to facilitate that journey or a journey that the person wants to work, wants to help, wants to contribute. I saw Paula's question here uh, uh, that she'd like to find a church where they have live service, where she could attend over the internet. I think it's the sense of communion, right? The sense of, sense of community, it's what yeah. makes us better. Right as a society, yeah. I think it, it's yeah. amazing, right? Yeah, and in that sense too, I'm going to jump in really quickly and say, I'm actually wondering like more and more that I get wise, not old. I get wise. I don't get old. Um, <laughs> mature or mature? Yes, yes, yes. Right. Keep lying to yourself. Yeah, yes, I, I, I'm going to hold on to that lie though because I like that. One. Your, your your ID is going to show it's my lie. It's my lie. Leave it alone. Leave it alone, sir. Leave it alone. It's my lie. I think um, in a reincarnation, I lived in Chicago. I, I'm very at home with you, Flavio. Um, but but I really do think that you know the the destination at the end of the day is the exploration, right? Is the journey. Yeah. So I think the more and more we find out that there is no destination, there's just the exploring. And in that sense, I figured it would be kind of cool for us to make the space here since we have something that doesn't happen that often, uh, which, you know, where we have people with slightly different perspectives or, you know, really close to perspectives or denominations or whatever you want to call it. But maybe we get to ask questions of each other, right, to get to know each other better. So um, so maybe I can I can put the spotlight on you, Larry, a little bit. Is there something that you would like to know about spiritism or spiritists in general yes. that you would like to ask us? If, if I... Number one, I've quite a few questions, so you forget your hour. <laughs> you only allow three. Sorry, sorry, mate. You only allow three questions. Well, if we don't get to answer, you have Fabrizio over there, so. Yeah. Oh, all right. I, I, I'll give him a ring. I'm sure he'll appreciate that at quarter past midnight. Uh, <laughs> what you call your spiritist places centers? Is that correct? You have centers Depends. as opposed to churches Depends, or yeah. temples. Yeah. yeah. And yes. What would um, an average service can constitute of? What would be the presentation of a service? Ah, great question. Great question. I should just say that, you know, in some places we also call them societies, right? Okay. Yep. Um, and so, but generally, I think you're going to see like spiritist centers, spiritist groups, or spirit societies. Right. You know, I think that we have taken away uh, the habit of calling ourselves churches to kind of um, to kind of avoid the feeling of a official, you know, religion, religion -y feel to it. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's just a name. Right. At the end of the day, it's, it's, exactly. it's just a name. Um, but I would love to hear the uh, the opinion of, of Flavio and Susanna here. But there isn't necessarily a format that is common to all spiritists. And this is where what you're talking about before, you know, you're talking about like how professionalizing sometimes spiritualism is a good thing because it makes you, you know, like a savvier in many different ways. Well, 
we all this this independence that we value in spiritism and we don't have like a governing body we don't have hierarchy not authority yeah, exactly this co creates a little bit of confusion right because people do things differently so you might find things very differently in different places um i can tell you that in the groups that i'm part of like a regular service or a meeting like we would have different kinds of service right or activities that we call them sometimes and public activity meetings generally they start with a prayer um, they have somebody talking about a topic that's uplifting or two people talking about two different topics that are connected or something. And most of the time we have our, what we call passes, which are the laying of hands, like a healing piece at, at the end. Right. And that mm -hmm. would be like mainly the variation for public meetings. But we also would have study groups where we have we don't have the passes, the laying of hands, um, but we always start with a prayer and end with a prayer but we might just have a book discussion right um and obviously we'd have our mediumship meetings which then would be very different in format depending on where you go so we have different kinds of mediumship meetings and groups so it's hard to give you like a specific format but i think it, it varies a little bit so what do you guys think flavio and susanna what, what else would you add no, i think i i i, I, I think you with, yeah well no i agree with you i think that um what you uh yeah, there's a, there's a lot of variance, but there's a lot of commonalities too. I mean, when we are talking about our public meetings, which would be the mass, um, you know, it is usually a prayer, an open reading, a lecture, and passes, and and that's pretty like pretty much the format for a lot of places. Some places will do the initial reading and not comment. Some places have people commenting, and you know, just to do like an opening, and then you have your main. Um, your main lecture. I mean, most centers will have uh, study groups with different formats, um, meaning can be uh, reading a book from uh, beginning to end or with more structured classes and your traditional um, mediumship group. I think that for most part, that's how uh, we are structured. Yeah, I would only add, I'd only add some workshops, eventually some seminars. Yeah. If there's a if there's a vibrant topic that's that's uh, of interest for you know for the group for the, the folks that are attending, we have some seminars right uh, once in a while as well workshops where uh, the facilitator throws out an idea or a, a, a theme, and as a group right the folks will arrive at a destination through some conclusion through some discussions, but other than that it's just usually you know a talk that somebody goes out there and talk and share some ideas and not lifting you know message. And folks listen to that, right? We'll go to passes or healing or right? laying of hands. And that's pretty much it. I mean, that's that's the essence of it, right? And Laurie, you might have heard that we use the term public meetings, right? This is this is an interesting wrinkle yeah. here. Because that was we my do next have question. Yeah, we do have activities <laughs> here that are private, that, that the general public does not attend. It's not because we feel special or, you know, you have to ascend to level or whatever, master or whatever. None of that. Is because you know, with time, many of our spiritists have begun to practice mediumship in a group format, right? So I think that's one key difference most of the time that you see between spiritualists and spiritists, as we don't have that, um, we don't have as often the evidential mediumship that spiritualists do in churches, right? So most of the time, most of the time, there are there are there are you know uh, 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 exceptions. But most of the time, our training and study about mediumship is to work it in a group format. And in that spiritist mediumistic meeting, 
we do what sometimes spiritualists call rescue work when we are actually um, trying to help, uh, you know, those who are no longer in a physical body, what we call discarnates, um, make yep. sense of their current state, right? Or sometimes also deal with some difficult situations in which some of those who don't have a body still feel like they should meddle in the affairs of the living. So there's a little bit of a relationship counseling there sometimes. And we sometimes call that obsession in spiritism when there is a a, a continuing persisting negative influence of, of of the disease, so to speak, in the in the lives of somebody in the physical realm, right? So, um, and that's why we use the term public. It's become a thing in spiritism. Oh, is that the public meeting? But I, somebody coming from the outside might not catch the fact that that's why it's there. It's not to mm. conceal something, but because when lots of mediums are learning together, there's a certain hesitation about being seen by people that they don't know, right? They feel insecure about it. And so we prefer to have those meetings uh, private so that they can feel more at ease, if that makes sense. Lovely. Uh, one thing I pick up from that is there seems to be no rigid structure throughout. So if I were to walk into a spiritist center in Florida and then next week come into New England, I wouldn't be faced with the same structure because from the sounds of it, if I've got this right, You've got that liberalism where you can structure how your center runs to cater for your community. Correct. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, not be stuck into a dogma phase. Mm -hmm. Because in the UK, um, it's a bit of a standing joke. I'm, I'm a working medium. And when you go around to churches and centers and say, do you want to see the order of service? And most of the time, I just think, not really, because I know what it's going to be. There's going to be opening prayer, um, hymn, reading, healing, address, mediumship. Mm -hmm. So, so you, you, you mentioned something interesting, right? Hymns, right? Or, or, or singing. Some spiritual centers, they have folks singing before the, uh, the talks. Others do not. So it's, it's, very, it's very loose in that, you know, in that, in that context because we don't have a, a hierarchy, so to speak. Like we don't have a, a pope or a religious, you know, a hierarchical uh, component, right? So to speak. So every spiritist center decide decided by their own members or their own, you know, committees and 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 board of directors how they want to run the uh, the organization, right? So it might be which something doesn't prevent that, us, which it doesn't prevent us doesn't prevent me from thinking I'm doing a better job at it than Flavio does, and that he should <laughs> really run his meetings the way I I think they should be run. I see that all. We see that all the time. Let's go. Let's go, human. Let's go, be human. <laughs> Suzanne, should we leave? <laughs> do, you, do you want to go out for perhaps, drinks? Perhaps. Should we, should we go out for a drink, sweetie? <laughs> <laughs> but that that is absolutely lovely to hear because this is where I believe with spiritualism in the UK we can certainly learn that to tailor what we do to get away from what I lovingly call the sausage machine approach, uh, where we just sit there week in, week out, yep. churning, you know. Right, yeah, we had lovely service today. Next week we've got a really good medium, and you hear that week on week on week, and I'm like, you've lost the energy, you've lost the love, you've lost the passion, you've lost the ability to learn, you've lost the, you know, the inclusion, you've made your congregation passive. And we are very active, very active. Spiritualism is a very active religion. In our history, we've had great reformers. 
especially stateside. Uh, there have been some wonderful reformers for women's rights, for social groups, mm-hmm. uh, yep. for ethnic minorities. Progressive. Mm-hmm. Indeed, because we are an active religion. And this has been sort of like dumbed down, dumbed down, dumbed down over here in the UK to literally, um, there was a lot of mis- misunderstanding about having to say that evidential mediumship must be advertisers for entertainment purposes only. That is actually an urban myth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we come under the Consumer Act, but we do not need to do that disclaimer out there. But we had actually reduced ourselves to an entertainment for the greater part with the way that we presented our services. And we, we all know if we were doing the same task week in, week in, week out, do you know what? After a year or so, you just think this is boring. You get tired of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got, oh, God, have I got to go to church again today? And you do. You institutionalize that into the people that volunteer, the people that run the centers, the congregations that attend the centers. And you just end up in this state of narcolepsy, you know, and it is wrong because we are so, sorry, I'm, I'm soapbox time. <laughs> we are so active. Spirit world is amazing energy. It's full of life. It's full of vigor. And it teaches us, you know, that we are here for this time to make a difference, to do something, to achieve something. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so, Laurie, now, now, now I'm going to play devil's advocate. If I can use that, if I can use that word in this setting. Because I always do. Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> Go on then. <laughs> so we are here, uh, as Dan mentioned, really, you know, wisely, which doesn't happen very doesn't happen very yeah. often, right? He mentioned very wisely in the beginning, brothers from different mothers, right? We're talking about the same things, pretty much, right? Different, you know, maybe concepts here and there, small things here and there. But here comes my question: Why do you think, right, prevents us from having more? interfaith or, or or combined services or uh, meetings where multiple you know uh, houses of worship or religions or spiritualist and spiritism folks come together to just hang out to just do things together what prevents us from having more of that i know you guys cracked the code but what do you think prevents us from doing that more I think uh, as a generality of the human race, we we are very tribalistic in our ways, and that energy then manifests into uh, nationalities, uh, social groups, economic structures, areas in which we live. Uh, Here in Paul, we've got a big harbour, and it's connected by a bridge across it. You've got Paul on one side, you've got Hamworthy on the other side. If we're going back to the 1930s, people of Paul did not talk to the people in Hamworthy and wow. vice versa. And this, this body of water is minuscule. But there was that division there. There was that mm-hmm. physical uh, difference. This actually also comes out in our religious beliefs and understandings. You know, I do engage with other faiths. I had quite a series of talks um, with the Mormons who were over here from America and talking about the same light, different window. And they were actually quite receptive to it. Whereas I did have uh, an experience with a couple of Jehovah's Witnesses who would not look into the church, would, you know, were there 
this is what religion is about. You're wrong and I'm right. You know, and that and um, that I do not decry everybody because of that one small example. But this is what we've got to get over. And this nicely tailors back into what we were talking about earlier about just being talking to people and accepting mm-hmm. differences. Yep. And I think this time in the COVID era, a lot of those barriers have been broken down, uh, that people are looking for something. And it may not be in the orthodox that they were in. They may hear something. to see, in spiritualism, we've got spiritualism and spirituality. There's a lot of practice within the spirituality realm, which mm-hmm. in spiritualism, we're trying to sort of like refine spiritualism a lot in the UK. And this is a growing movement of going back to the basics about communication with spirit, not to stand on the platform saying, I've got your mother here, but to listen to that inspiration um, and work with that. And in doing so, this is opening doors to understand and just listening to other religions. And you don't have to make a big show about agreeing or disagreeing, just yeah. acceptance. Yeah. We have a lot more in common than than you know than we we think of, right? Yeah, exactly. And if we actually listened and didn't shut the doors in our head, you know, we've we've got this age now, as I say, um, the internet and spirituality, spiritism, spirit spiritualism. We're out there now in much more in the public view. I think I saw Joan uh, put a comment up there. She picked her up from Philadelphia. And she's loving it. We've opened doors for her. But as has also the spiritism. So we've got to get this educational side back over to people and this understanding. And and getting that energy into people of saying it's okay to disagree. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. but as long as the, the way you disagree isn't through a a fear-based reaction. So when we operate in that fear energy, you know, I don't like this because it's challenging everything that I've ever believed in, you know, and it's letting that fall away. So maybe, maybe, maybe where they're saying that uh, orthodox and mainstream religions are fading away, uh, in a way that could be quite beneficial because people are getting more receptive to a lot of other things. And opening up to other possibilities and making sense. Any orth- any religion, any faith-based system, it's main in my book, the main priorities is to bring comfort to people. Mm-hmm. And if you succeed in doing that, and I'm not talking about comfort through placating words there, there, oh I know. By mm-hmm. you know, welcoming them in yeah. and having a sensible discussion, a sensible debate, a sensible uh sharing of information that is the basis of it and the more that happens i think the barriers between um the orthodoxies will start to collapse yeah yep and and larry and we've got a question for you from adam it's a good one so um how did spiritualism the spiritual church come to your life with spiritism we have lots of spiritists from birth is it the same with the spiritualist movement and a shout out to our friend um, Adam out there in Slough. Yes, lovely Adam. I've had the pleasure of meeting Adam uh, down here in Paul. So, yes, uh, there are a few um, second, third generation spiritualists. 
Not so many, because if you look actually at the history of spiritualism, it was only 60-odd years ago when spiritualist churches were allowed to have demonstrations of mediumship. Prior to that, it was very much a closed-door situation. So, um, and people would not advertise the fact that they were spiritualists. There's also been quite a number of pushes for people to say, you know, when you go into a hospital or wherever and you have a form to fill in, what is your religion? To say to people, you know, put down spiritualist. Mm -hmm. So uh, we haven't got so much of a hereditary trail of spiritualists within the UK. How I came into it was through my parents. My mother was a nurse, and as in common with people who work in care, uh, very close with people in the aura, and that can include nail technicians, hairdressers, things like that, they be, they'd start to develop an awareness and start to ask questions. So my mother got involved in spiritualism. I was exposed to it at a very early age. I went away and lived a life away from the movement. I did seek out churches of different persuasions. I would just suddenly get the urge, I want to go to church, and I want to go to a church. I don't care where it is, I'll go to a church. Uh, but came back into it. So I was introduced, and this is quite common within spiritualism. A lot of people are exposed to it at an early age. Then they go through the stage of making their life and acquiring family and position, whatever. But then in later years, uh, we'll they return come back. to it. Yeah, because it, it, you haven't got the fear then. There's something we've always got to remember, and I'm sure you probably come up against this too, that when new people walk through your doors, it's actually taken quite a lot of courage on their part to actually make that physical effort to walk through a door. Um, we've we've got to rise to that and greet that and try and dispel any of the fears. So uh, yeah, lovely. And um, thank you, Adam. And absolute pleasure again meeting you. You've all gone quiet. Stop going quiet. What have I said wrong? <laughs> no, 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 that's no. that's very thoughtful. Yeah, very um, thoughtful. We, yeah, I, I'm just looking at the time, and I know that we've got, um, uh, you know, folks are still with us. I know that's late for you too, Larry. Do you have any questions for us uh, as we begin to wrap up here, before we begin to wrap up? How, how do you think uh, this COVID time has now, you know, I always say this and emphasize this, we, none of us wanted to be in this time, all right? Thoughts are always out to those who have been affected through loss and illness to this time. However, we are in this time. Um, and it's bringing out a new spirit, a new energy in people because we adapt, we change, we evolve. Uh, that is what life is all about. We evolve all the time. This is physical life and our spiritual life. So has this time of COVID... Uh, opened the doors to any sort of change or any new visualizations of where you are as a movement? Great question. Um, I mm. think it's uh, it's too early to know, right? Because I think that sometimes, and, and this is no criticism on us, and I don't think it should be either on Spiritus, but I don't know that our movement is that aligned, right? In 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 what are the trends happening to us? I think that 
um, especially in the United States, uh, of course, outside the United States and other countries like Portugal and Brazil and South America, where there's a lot more spiritists. Uh, we might have different answers, but I think that a lot of the groups, uh, spiritist groups elsewhere during the COVID uh, era were so, which are still living, they were so worried about surviving it, right? Just actually not closing down for those reasons that you explain. And I think we share that we were very um, uh, alike in that sense, right? Because we're not professionally run, uh, right? There's nobody's paid for that. A lot of groups have actually surrendered their physical space. Closed doors, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I actually think that in many different ways, I'm hopeful that this is a great learning opportunity for us because we are not our physical spaces, right? We are a community of people. And whatever, like you're saying, you know, like Jesus said, we're two of more, right? So whatever it is that we decide to be, that's where we will be. And so I really do love the virtual aspect of this because it has taught us that we can be close emotionally without being close physically. I think it's a, it's a great learning opportunity. And, and in many different ways, I think that is also has forced many of our groups to get smarter about this digital piece to be able to offer programming online, Zoom, right, StreamYard, Facebook, YouTube. Um, but I would hate for us to, to lose the opportunity and think that, that, and I think we touched on this before, like, you know, and I think you definitely did, Laurie. I think it's, I think it's very in line with what I think too is, but at the end of the day, it's not about the numbers of people, right? So I think that we also have to make sure that we don't get sidetracked. Oh, I had a thousand views, right? And that kind of stuff, because those yeah. views online, they don't really mean a lot. Because you watch something for two seconds and the, the platform counts it as a view, right? And that is not necessarily always true. But I, I do think that it, it allows us for a quality of interaction. I mean, look at us. We're a perfect example of this. I'm in California. Flavio is in Boston. Susanna is in Miami. And you're out there in pool, right? It, it's a blessing that we're able to do this. So I think that there is a, a, a benefit that I hope that we spiritists will, will continue to, to hold on to is that it is that individual interaction that makes a difference. It is that individual connection. It's not going to be a million views on YouTube, although that's nice. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I think for me, it's more about the quality of the interaction. So I hope that we uh, don't lose sight of that. Right. And I think it also gives us an opportunity to kind of break that tribalism that you talked about, because now yeah. we can so easily cross borders. Right? Yeah. So I hope these things stick. So that's kind of like a couple of things that I think about. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I, 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 I think very much uh, like you, Daniel. I think that um, we were uh, very preoccupied at first. I mean, the, the maintenance of our physical space uh, was uh, the main concern. But I think we have learned about the powers of the spirit. <laughs> One of them being intelligence, creativity, and um breaking the physical barriers and understanding that there is connection, you know, that we are so powerful in terms of connection. We can connect in so many different ways. I think the, the world won't be the same. The spiritualist movement won't be the same. The spiritualist movement, the churches, everything has changed. And I think, you know, there was a, a previous comment on the, on the chat about uh, dissemination I think that this spiritual world is um, working to break the barriers and to spread the message um, 
the 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 reach of the message today is like is not it's, it can compare to what we were doing. We were, I mean, when I think about uh, pre-COVID, I think how shy our movement was, how yeah. limited, you know, very very shy, and people were still very afraid of technology. And within, um, I can say here in within our center, we find people who are like resistive to the idea of technology. And then suddenly you don't have a choice anymore. Yeah. You, you, this is it. This is the new reality. And, and nothing's going to be the same again. So I think, I think it taught us about the power of the spirit. It has really opened, opened um, many, many um, barriers uh, to the dissemination. And, and I think I see a lot of positivity uh, coming out of these, uh, this whole process that we have uh, gone through. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think there, there's a lot of positivity, even though we still might not be able to see it, given all of the, uh, the folks that ended up, you know, discriminating and, and passing and whatnot, right? I don't feel, we feel terrible and, and very sad for the families that were impacted, but as we believe, right? There's always a reason for everything in life. We just need to understand the reason and look at things, right? With our spirit eyes, which means we're only here, you know, momentarily. This is just a snippet of our lives, right? And if we look at that, we look into a, the, the whole world's changing. And I do believe it's changing for the better, right? Uh, people now are, are looking at things the way I understand it. I, I, my reading is folks are not happy with the world the way, they, the way it is until the world is a good world for everybody, right? That's why you see all these great movements, Black Lives Matter and this, anti-racism and all those things. I think all these things, COVID accelerated that, which is great, right? Because it, it, it's more opportunities for everybody. And I think that if, if I tailor this to, you know, spiritualism and spiritism, I think it gives us more opportunities to go beyond our physical space, to really help more, to really provide some consolation to folks that are not necessarily present in our own institutions, right? brick and mortar, you know, locations to dance point in the beginning, right? We're gathered here. We can help each other out. We, we talk to folks. We can meet folks through Zoom or through StreamYard, through technology. And that's going to be beneficial for a lot of folks. So I think the, the barriers that we had before, the brick and mortar barriers, I think COVID just removed them all along. Yeah. So a lot of positivity. I see it. Yeah. I, I agree. Sorry, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to get this in quickly. <laughs> yeah, go, go for it. Like, look, we have people from, from Brazil. We have Philadelphia. We have Connecticut. We have South Carolina with our friend Jersey there, formerly from Boston. Hey, Jersey. We have, we have the Philippines, right? We have, obviously, England here. We have Indiana. I mean, how could we have had this before, right? And we have New Zealand, too, with our friend Samantha. Yeah, New Zealand. Right? Yeah. Um, but anyways, Laurie, go for it. Yeah, and I, I think uh, something that we, so us four here in this room and others like us, need to actually really take to heart is we are awakening now the pioneer spirit. One of the things pre-COVID was we, we had no frontiers anymore. We had nothing to conquer. We do now. We have this golden opportunity. 
what we're doing tonight, you know what, in 50 years, 80 years, 100 years, somebody may be sat there watching it going, what were these guys up to then? How did this all start? How did this new revolution come into being? You know, we're the future historians' dreams because they can sit and watch us. But with that comes a big responsibility to work intelligently and to work 100%. in community and with spirit and to work with those higher goals very firmly fixed in our minds and in the way that we present ourselves, the way that we interact with people. Because we, we are these foundations coming in. And I'm not saying that from an egotistical point of view. It's just a factual. You know, we are making history today. Mm -hmm. And we, we've got to understand that energy and work with it. Yeah. It's what the Apostle Paul once described as live letters. Yeah. Right? We are live letters. We That's how we get our message out, which is a beautiful yep. way of doing it. Um, but we are reaching our end. And uh, we mm -hmm. extremely thank you to you, Larry, for being awake uh, past midnight, past your bedtime there, because I know um, <laughs> you sleep very early, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But we're very grateful for that. But before we, we say goodbyes, why don't you tell us a little bit of how people can find you and find Pool uh, Christian Spiritualist Church online? All right. Thank you. Uh, yes, we have a very strong Facebook presence. Uh, if you just search Pool Spiritualist in Google, you will find links there to our Facebook page, to our YouTube channel, to our podcast channels and to our Google pages as well. And on all of these, you can find links to the events we are running either live in-house, online, or we do have a very strange bio service where we have a physical service within the church, but what is happening on the platform is streamed out to people. And that's been hugely popular, especially in countries where they can't partake in a church service. You can join mm -hmm. you can join in to view only. There is no interaction between the church. I do have a moderator who will welcome people in on the chat bar, but there's no uh, other interaction, but you can still be part of that energy. So yeah, just type in Paul Spiritualist and also our website, which has got the link now to our YouTube channel and our podcasts on there, regularly updated. And the podcast list is probably 50-50 at the moment of spiritualism talks and our spiritist talks of the past as well. So thank you for that, Ben. Yeah, thank you for being here. Um, and I think that, uh, and I was beginning to wrap up, what are what are bigger what are our big takeaways from today? What what did we learn? What did we learn today, people? I'll start. So um, I just first want to uh, thank Larry for being here with us. I am actually thinking to myself, why are we doing more of this? Yeah. What more of these conversations? You know, I'm I'm feeling like kind of inspired to. Uh, you know, I almost like having like a lot of ideas. I need to talk to Daniel and Flavio, you know, and how can we have more conversations like that? How can we expand? So um, I'm just uh, feeling very thankful, very grateful. Was was uh, a wonderful experience. Thank you for being here with us, for sharing your, your experience. It has certainly 
enriched my thinking. I'm grateful for that. Hope to see you again and hope to see some fruits coming out of this uh, conversation. Beautiful. Yeah, so I, I echo what Susanna said. Laurie, it was always a pleasure uh, uh, spending time with you, mate. Uh, uh, we, we learned a lot again, as usual. And uh, we wish you all the best, right? May God continue to bless you, your services, and your members from your church. Uh, hopefully one day, knock on wood, we'll be able to visit that in person. Maybe oh, yeah. in a post-COVID area. The three of to, us uh, at the same time? We'll would love to. Why not? And we'll take a microphone too. We'll do, we'll do spiritist conversations on the road. This is yeah, how we started in the right. beginning. You guys remember that? There you go. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I think it, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for us, you know, friends. But beyond being friends, I think what you mentioned, Laurie, is, is spot on. I think the world needs more of this, more of people from different angles, perspectives, ideas, or, or, or groups, right, to spend time with each other, to talk to each other, to learn from each other, not to impose to each other, but to learn from each other and to contribute, right? We all have a, a huge you know, opportunity to learn from each other. And so oftentimes we forget that as, as a society. So I think, I think that that's the takeaway for me. And my, my always the takeaway that I get from this is I miss doing this with you guys. So thanks for the opportunity once again, Dan, Susanna. I love you. Laurie, I love you too. And uh, looking forward to the next one. Great. And we're going to let Laurie have the last word, but I'm going to say, I'm just going to say these two are so smart. I just want to say plus one and everything that they, they've said it. <laughs> um, and I was thinking here, you know, ideas are one of the few things that the more you give, the more you share, the more you have. Right. Um, and it's a wonderful thing that we can do this here. And the other, obviously the other thing is love too, right? The more we share it out there and, and how touching and how nice it is to know and see people in different parts of the world, because literally you've got the world covered here today and people who are here on camera and people who are also on the comments, commenting things from different places, how we are all coming together um, just to talk about how to make sense of things and, and tap into that spiritual essence that we all have that Laurie alluded to as well. How beautiful is that? Um, and I think it's something to hold on to, and I'm extremely grateful for that. For this reminder that we all work for the same boss we're just in different departments we're just in different labels we do. right so thank you thank you for that and and with that larry we toss it back to you to say uh, our final words what what's your what's your final words for for our listeners today well thanks for putting me at the end of three very intelligent and very well respected people's summarizations of this evening because i'm now totally stymied me with me cd rack behind me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else have I learned? Daniel is a terrible timekeeper. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sat in the oh, UK yeah. thinking, where's me link? <laughs> but no, these debates like this uh, bear fruit. They do bear fruit. And we've got to know and trust. There, And we are learning more and more the difference now between debate and diatribe. And we're having our eyes open to where we had diatribe of this is the way. It doesn't change. If you don't go down this path, you're going to be lost forever. So, you know, you've got to do it this way. And this is why, you know, the orthodoxies were struggling and falling away. This new energy, as I said, this internet, the virtual presence is never going to go away. It's Pandora's box. It is now opened. And as with Pandora's box, the one thing that remains is hope. So that we hope 
that going forward in the future here by interacting more and more between different faiths, different uh, religions, different creeds, whatever, and learning more about people, we're going to remove the fear which builds barriers. And as I say, you know, we are we are the pioneers of the future. And I think we're doing an absolutely amazing job. Well said. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And as a reminder to all our folks that were with us today, thank you so much for listening live. But you don't have to be live here with us to listen to Spiritist Conversations. You can find it uh, on Facebook. You can find it on YouTube. But you can also find it as a podcast in whatever major podcast platform uh, you, you listen to. And of course, you can always visit spiritistconversations.org to find links to all these different places in which you can you can see or listen to us. Thanks so very much for being a part of our Spiritist Conversation, and I hope you will join us next month for our next episode. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night.